Grace and mercy and peace be with you, my dear friends in Christ, from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus. Amen. Uh, again, I, I said it during the announcements, but I'll say it again. To those of you, uh, 30, 40 or so people uh, who gathered here last Monday uh, to decorate the trees, a, 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 a big thank you to you. Uh, I always think it looks beautiful at this time of the year for this season. And, and what season is that? What season is it? Some might say this is the Christmas season. Well, let me tell you what, within the church calendar, there is a Christmas season, but that doesn't start until after Christmas. And there's a Christmas season where we focus on Christmas, but a lot of times by the time we get to the Christmas season, a lot of people are kind of burned out on Christmas and you want to move on to the next thing. There is a Christmas season, but we are actually in the season of, anybody know, Advent. The season of Advent. And so during the season of Advent, we light the Advent wreath. The season of Advent is the, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. Advent, uh, the word itself comes from a Latin word that means coming, coming. And so in the season of Advent, what Christians do is we recall the stories of old, how God's people were always waiting for God to deliver on this promise to send the Messiah. And God did fulfill that promise to send the Messiah when Jesus was born. Right? And so now as the church, in our season of Advent, we, along with those people of old, cry out, O come Emmanuel, because Jesus has promised that he's going to come again, and when he comes again, everything will be made new. And so in this season of Advent, not only do we look forward to Christmas, but we look forward to the return of Christ. And this year, during our Sundays of Advent, we will be focusing on this theme of the Sabbath. There is rest for those who wait. Advent is a season of waiting, of preparation for the Christ to come again. And so as we gather together in God's house, we're going to focus on this theme of the Sabbath. The third commandment, as was read earlier from the Old Testament, is this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Out of all of the commandments, in my time of being pastor... There have been more people, more of you from the congregation that have asked me questions about the practical applications of this commandment more so than any other commandment. And so I think it's good for us to, to delve into this. And so we're going to for four weeks focusing on what the Sabbath is. And I want to teach you about this, but this is not just for your information, but I believe it's a very appropriate theme for us Christian people. Because I believe that we are people who are often restless people. Stressed out, anxious, worried, restless people. And the word Sabbath literally means rest. It's a Hebrew word pronounced Shabbat. Shabbat literally means to rest. To rest. Yes, I believe wholeheartedly that God created people to work. But he has also given his people the commandment to be people who rest. Today we are gathering under the sub-theme that we are called to rest, commanded to rest because, first of all, God rested. Because God rested. In that Old Testament lesson today, uh, Moses brings this commandment before the people and he says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And then in verse 11, he says, why should you do this? Because in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. 
Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. Why should we rest? First of all, because God rested. God the Almighty rested. He rested. He set the standard for us. God created and then he delighted in his creation. This is how God rested. He created and then he looked at what he had made and he delighted in it. It was very good. That's how God rested. He created and then he delighted in his creation. God has created us to work and then to rest and reflect and delight in what he has given us the ability to do. So what is the Sabbath day, though? Uh, today I want to focus a little bit more on the Old Testament side of things and the foundation for this commandment. In the Old Testament, the Sabbath was a huge deal. There are so many passages that deal with Sabbath, with resting. And the whole practice of having a Sabbath on the seventh day was around even before God gave the official commandment when he gave the Ten Commandments. He had already taught his people to live in this sort of work and rest mode, working for six days and resting for seven. If you remember the story just a couple chapters before in Exodus chapter 20, it's the story of the uh, Israelites wandering in the wilderness. And if you remember, as they're wandering in the wilderness, they don't have any food. So God provides this bread-like substance each morning that they call manna, which means, what is it? Because it's a weird, strange-like thing. But they go out and they're, they're instructed to go and collect each day just as much as they need for that day. If they collect too much over nighttime, it rots and worms come into it. Okay, So they're only allowed to gather what they need for the day. But they can have as much as they want, as much as they need, as long as they're going to eat it. On the sixth day, they are commanded to, to grab a double portion and that that won't rot. And the seventh day, then they are not allowed to go out and collect, and there won't be any manna. Instead, they already have what they need. They have enough. And so the seventh day, they can rest and reflect. If you think about this, as human people, this sort of dependence upon God for daily provisions, can you imagine what that would be like? Can you imagine what position that would put you, that you only are allowed enough from God each day? But you know he's always going to deliver. And on the sixth day, you get double, so that on the seventh day, even more so, you can just simply rest and enjoy those provisions that God gives you with your family. This is what God has created for us in the Sabbath. He's created us to work, and he's created us to rest. And if you think about it, trusting like that in God's provisions is an absolute gift. Trusting in God's provisions for us is an absolute gift from God to us. And what it does is it puts us in this place of humility. This place of humility because if you're anything like me, as a sinful, selfish human being, I love to provide for myself and for my family, and I like getting credit for that. I like to work and to work and to work for the, for the, the fact that I can earn my keep and provide for those who I have been called to provide for. See, as sinful human beings, we like to take matters into our own hands and work for what we have. We go and we go, we work and we work, and often when we do rest, 
often when we do rest, it's oftentimes not a Sabbath rest. Oftentimes our rest as sinners is actually a selfish kind of rest. There are a lot of people in this world that have the mentality of sort of working for the weekends, right? We work and we work and we work in order that we can earn ourselves some rest time, in that we can do whatever it is that we want to do. That's not Sabbath rest. That's selfish rest. Sabbath rest puts our eyes up on God. So Sabbath rest puts us into a place of humility where we turn our eyes to God and we say, God, thank you once again for your daily provisions. That is what Sabbath rest is. It puts our eyes to God and not to self. This idea of resting and and having a Sabbath, I, I find to be a very fitting theme for the season of Advent. For this season in general, as people who live in this society and in this culture, I think most people would agree that this is kind of a busy season. A busy season, is it, is it not? Is it a busy season for you? Uh, I would say it is for me as well. But, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, when is it not a busy season? Uh, you know, I ask people throughout the year all the time, I, I ask people so many times, how are you doing? How are you doing? You know, pro- this is not statistically proven, all right? This is, this is, you know, just based on my own memory. But you know what I would say the number one answer is? When you ask somebody how they're doing? Busy. Busy. I'm busy. I hear it all the time from people. Retired, working students, people say, oh, I'm just busy. Busyness is an interesting thing. I, I think our culture is infatuated with the idea of busyness. And at times, it seems like busyness is the goal, but busyness sometimes is also the enemy. Because on, one, on the one hand, we say to ourselves, I'm busy, therefore I must be productive, right? Busyness is sort of like the status, like if I'm busy, if I got a lot of stuff going on, I am productive. But on the other hand, you're, when you get so busy, I've heard it so many times, oh, well, I'm too busy. I don't actually have time to commit to your thing or your activity or whatever it is that you I'm, I'm just too busy. If I have time from my busyness, I might participate in your thing, right? Busyness seems to be the goal, but also at many times is the enemy. I have made a conscious decision in my life to not operate from a mindset of busyness. For me personally, busyness is too chaotic It's too stressful, it's too restless, and it's not focused. With all that I can, though, I work really, really hard, but I also intentionally rest. And I'm not saying I do this perfectly every day, all the time, but I do try to make it a priority to rest, to rest with my eyes on God, to trust in his daily provisions. And in order to have this kind of mentality, I have intentionally made it a point when people ask me how I'm doing to not answer with busy. (laughs) As a matter of fact, a couple weeks ago, I was at a gathering of pastors, my my brother pastors within our our circuit um, in the the UP and some others. And and one of the guys came up to me and that knows me well and he said, how you doing, Aaron? You must be, man, you must be busy. You got three little kids. You got a church where a lot of, a lot of great things are going on. You, man, you must be busy. I looked at him and I said, nah, I'm good. He kind of just stared at me. I said, you know, 
I, I'm good. I, I, yeah, we got a lot going on, but I try to not operate from a mindset of busyness. I, I don't think that's any way to live. And he just kind of looked at me, and then he walked away. <laughs> you know, I mean, people don't answer that sort of way. We're, we're all, oh man, I got so much, I got a lot of stuff going on, right? We love to pride ourselves in our busyness. What kind of mentality could you have, though, if you rested, if you found your rest in God? But maybe you're wondering, again, this commandment, you know, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What is the practical application of this commandment in today's modern context? This seems like an Old Testament kind of thing. And we're going to talk more about that next week. Our theme for next week is Jesus and the Sabbath. So Jesus had some major run-ins uh, with the Sabbath and with the Jews. So we're going to talk about that more next week and how that plays into our Christian lives. But today, as we look at the Old Testament, again, my focus is on, on how God set this thing up. So originally, the Sabbath was set up for six days to work and on the seventh day to do no work. It was commanded by God so that the people could rest from their labors and delight in the fact that God had given them something to do, that he had given them work. And in the Old Testament, this was to be done for an entire day, that you rested, that you gathered nothing, that you just simply trusted in God's provisions for a whole day as a family. And that was always on the seventh day, which is Saturday. But early on, uh, right at the very beginning of Christianity, the Christians who had been Jews— they decided that they would have their gathering, their day of rest, to receive God's word on Sunday. You know why Sunday? Because that's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Okay? So the Christians early on started gathering together on Sundays. This is why we are here on Sunday. This is why all the churches are open on Sundays, because Jesus rose from the dead on a Sunday. So what do we do when we gather together? We are here, again, to receive the word of God, to receive his sacraments for the forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life. But how does that, how does that play out in your lives? You know, I get asked a lot from people when I'm, when I'm teaching this, Pastor, do we, need, do we need to take the whole day off? People will say this to me, you know, it's like, well, okay, I understand I'm supposed to go to church and, and probably not do anything for my job on that day, but then people will say things like, but what about work around the house? You know, like that's the day that we get together and, and have time to do work around the house. Is, is that okay? <laughs> what about my hobbies? Is, is, can I do my hobbies on that day? Or what if I have to go to work? Should I? Can I as a Christian? Those are all wonderful, good questions to ask, but I would say if those are the questions that you're asking, you might not necessarily have the right mindset about what the Sabbath is. You see, as people, we want to, you know, we want to do right. We want to we do God's commandments. But let me say it again like this. The Sabbath is God's gift to you. It's his gift to you. He knows you. He created you. He knows and created you to rest. And so he says, this is my gift to you. Rest in my presence. So instead of asking the questions about how can I keep the Sabbath day perfectly, I would say first, if you can align yourself with God's will and see and delight, to delight that God has given to you the commandment to rest. Think about it like this. When was the last time you had a boss that commanded you to rest? 
I hope that you do have a boss like that. And if you are the boss, I pray that you command your people to take some time to rest and reflect. And here's the deal. You know, God's, God's command for the Sabbath most definitely involves this time. To be in his house, to receive his word and his sacraments for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, for the building up of the body of Christ. But then what happens with the rest of your time? It is for you and your families to pray about, to think about, to talk to God about, and, and to see how it is that you can be people who just simply humbly trust that God will provide for you. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will allow you to do that. And when we rest in God's provisions, and, and this is the alignment that we seek as God's people, you know, I, I would like to think about it like, like this. You know, I'm going to put some statements up on the wall here. You know, you're never going to be able to outwork the work that's in front of you to do. There's always going to be more work to do, Right? You're never going to be able to be involved in enough activities that your life will be full. You are never going to be able to accomplish enough tasks today that there won't be more tomorrow. You could look at that and say, well, I guess I'll just throw my hands up in the air. <laughs> so is this saying we shouldn't work? No, absolutely, by no means. I believe that Christian people should be the hardest working of all people because you have a purpose and a meaning behind what it is that God has created you to do. But I believe that God has also commanded you then to rest and reflect and give God thanks that he is actually the God who created you. And when we pause and we, we honor the Sabbath, we remember that he is actually Lord and that he has saved us and that he loves us. God knows what we need. He created us to work, but he also created us to rest. And when we do, when we rest, we delight in the fact that we have even had the ability to work. And then we also ask for forgiveness for where we've fallen and we ask for a fresh start for the next week. So again, I'm glad you're in God's house today. And I pray that he continues to work this into your lives, that you'll be people at rest. I have, uh, I have three small kids, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a five-month-old. Uh, so I watch a lot of cartoons. Uh, and there's one that we watch in our family called Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. We got any Daniel Tiger fans out here? None? No Daniel Tiger? You guys don't watch Daniel Tiger? Oh, Sorry. Uh, kids, if you're like between the ages of uh, one and five, ask your parents to watch Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. All right? So you got a new show to watch. It's on PBS. It's a remake of the old Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. So you, if you're my age, you know, you're going to feel nostalgic when you watch this. But here's the deal. Uh, Daniel Tiger, he's a little guy, and he's, he's the little uh, tiger that Mr. Rogers held when, you know, when he was doing his thing. And Daniel Tiger teaches little jingles uh, about uh, lessons that you're supposed to learn. And so there's this one that goes like this. When you're sick, rest is best, rest is best. Oh, let's let Daniel Tiger sing it to you. It goes like this. When you're sick, rest is best, rest is best. When you're sick, oh, rest is best, rest is best. When you're sick, rest is best. I'll tell you, dear friends in Christ, as sinners, we're all very, very, very sick. <laughs> we're all sick in our unique way. We're, we're sin-sick people. We're sin-sick people. We're selfish people. And, and sinful, selfish people need to rest. God knows it. That's why he commanded it to us. When you're sick, rest is best for us. We're sick people, and the only cure for this illness of sin is Jesus Christ. And we gather in God's house again on this Sabbath day to hear the word of God, to hear that we are forgiven children of God. 
We're here to receive the waters of holy baptism to claim and call us to be children. We're here to receive the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus is here, and he's here to bring peace and hope and joy and love and forgiveness and life and rest to you. And so as we gather in God's house, my dear friends, I pray that you hear this again, that work is good, but for sinners, sometimes rest is best. Sometimes rest is best. So my prayer for you this Advent season is that you wait patiently on the Lord. This world in these next few weeks is going to be stressed out. It's going to be hurried. It's going to be a hustle-bustle time for many people, not just with the parties and the presents, uh, but with the tragedies and the scandals, with the politics. It's going to all be going on, and Satan is going to want to wrap you up into all of it. I tell you, dear friends in Christ, God has created you to live differently, to be people at peace, to be people at rest, and he's given you this ability. He's commanded it to you. So I pray that you can and that you will rest in his presence. Remember, even God rested. So this Advent season, may you have an immense deal of hope, peace, joy, and rest. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.